Hi, I'm Kara Swisher, executive editor of Recode, and you're listening to Too Embarrassed to Ask, coming to you from the Vox Media Podcast Network. This is a show where we answer all of your embarrassing questions about consumer tech and the week's news. You can send us your question on Twitter with the hashtag Too Embarrassed. We also have an email address, tooembarrassed at recode.net. Remember, there are two R's and two S's in embarrassed. This week, Recode sent our very own Kurt Wagner to Washington, D.C., the swamp, to cover Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg's two-day marathon of hearings testifying in front of both houses of Congress. He's joining us now from his hotel room, hopefully with a drink in his hand. Welcome back, Kurt. Hi, Kara. Uh, no Hi, drinks yet, doing? but soon. As okay. soon as this is soon. over, I'm hitting the town, yeah. Uh, oh, wow. It's such an exciting town. I used to live there. <laughs> We're also joined here in San Francisco by The Verge's Silicon Valley editor and fantastic tweeter, Casey Newton. Hey, Casey. Hey, Kara. How you doing? Uh, you know, it's been a lot of live blogging, but I'm always excited to talk to you. How exciting for, for me in general. So on Tuesday, Marx testified for five hours at a joint session of two U.S. Senate committees. We're recording this late on the day on Wednesday when it was finally all over after the conclusion of his appearances before the House. The, this one today was the House Energy and Commerce Committee. Yesterday was the Senate Judiciary and Commerce Committee combined. I think it was 80, almost 90 people, 90 politicians that he answered questions from in little four and five minute segments. But let's start with Tuesday where he talked to the Senate. Um, so why don't we start, Kurt, since you were in the room, why don't you describe it? And then we'll, uh, we'll, um, we'll talk a little bit about what, what everybody thought of that day. So let's start with Tuesday. Sure. Kurt, why don't you set up the scene? Yeah, it was a bit of a zoo. I, I uh, knew it would be a little crazy, but I never covered something like this before, so I didn't know how crazy. But um, it was in what I'm told is, is one of the nicest, if not the nicest hearing room that they have. Uh, in the Senate building that's right across the street from the Capitol. And uh, there were people lined up to get in. Uh, there was limited public seating, but I would say there were people, you know, lined up 100 yards down the hallway. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone, people were protesting. They had shirts on that said, delete Facebook. The the person who was first in line told me they got there at 7.15 in the morning. And I think things started officially around 2.15, 2.30 in the afternoon. So wow. there was a ton of interest in, in this. And... Um, you know, a lot of press. There were TV cameras everywhere. Uh, a million photographers. It was it was quite the spectacle. You were sitting and, right um, near Mark, right? You were sitting I right was in there. a series was, of tables, right? There was lots and lots of press. I kind of got lucky. They had five tables set up, six people on each side, so that's seventy mm-hmm. press, mm-hmm. and um, or let's see, seventy, seventy-two press, whatever that is. And uh, I happened to, to have a decent seat. Um, you could not move though because you were so packed in there. <laughs> right. So uh, they gave you a bathroom break, and you had to just book it because there was no way you were getting up in between. Oh wow! And who were you sitting next to? May I ask who was around you? You may ask. Uh, it was no one that I actually knew, but oh, right. uh, there were there were a lot of reporters that we do see and I do see frequently. Mm-hmm. Um, Sarah Fryer from Bloomberg, Alex Kantrowitz from BuzzFeed, Ian Schur from CNET, like all of the oh, it's a tech party, all the folks tech except for Casey. Party. Yeah, I was right. who, Casey, who, who uh, runs the tech gatherings here in San Francisco. <laughs> So Casey's Casey, why weren't dog, you so there? Yeah, I know. Casey, why didn't you go? Uh, that's a fair question. Probably better directed at my editors. But you know what's interesting mm-hmm. about these hearings is that uh, while you can probably do some buttonholing of 
Facebook staffers or congressional staffers in the hallways. Most of what you're interested in is happening during the hearing, which you can see, you know, via free live stream at your desk. So, you know, I didn't really feel like I was at much of a disadvantage just kind of blogging uh, in, a, in a more comfortable environment than Kurt was in. And given yeah. that it was 10 hours worth of hearings, uh, I, I feel pretty okay about it. You're steeped in the beauty of the room in Washington and among and between the, all the wonderful senators uh, in, on Tuesday, for example. You didn't well, get their incredible I'm, intelligence. I am always awestruck by the majesty of our democracy, <laughs> and hopefully I'll have a chance <laughs> to observe that in person soon. Yeah, all right. So let's start with uh, you, Casey, on Tuesday. What did yeah. you think of the Senate hearings? Well, the uh, I think elsewhere, Kara, you described uh, t- mm-hmm. Tuesday as Mark being hit with a bunch of soft satin pillows, and I think that's a pretty mm-hmm. apt description. Um, you know, but but more even than the kindness of the the senators or their or their kind of deferential questions, I was just struck by how little they seem to understand Facebook. Right? You have Senator mm-hmm. Orrin Hatch asking how Facebook is able to operate, given that it doesn't charge a a subscription fee, uh, apparently unaware that Facebook has an advertising network, right? Yeah, and you just was, had a lot oh, of questions. Oh, he went, oh, oh, uh, yeah. I see. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and yeah. frankly, a lot of Senate, in a five-hour hearing, I would say that at least three hours worth of the questions you could have answered by yourself just by Googling. So that was really disappointing right. for me. Yeah. All right, Kurt, what do you think about that? Yeah, Casey hit it uh, nail on the head, I think. I, You know, I, I thought the questions... Um, were not nearly as aggressive as I thought they were going to be. And as Casey mentioned, I think a big part of that is just a a lack of kind of general understanding of the Facebook business and and how its services work. At the same time, I I think that's also kind of important to realize because there are a lot of people who don't understand how Facebook's business and services work. And and it's not just the politicians, right? And so if even though we maybe didn't get the questions that we had had hoped for or been looking for, I do think we got a a kind of crash course in the fact that there's not a lot of people that understand Facebook these days and and we need to do better or Facebook needs to do better of explaining it. What do you imagine any news that you, I mean, one of the people that that I thought started off well was a Louisiana senator, I forget his name, and he uh, started like, your terms of service suck. He was very folksy, like he was going to, you know, wrestle an alley. John, the guy from Louisiana. I think it was John Kennedy, wasn't it? I think it was John Kennedy. Kennedy, yeah. That's, he, anyway, he looked like he was going to wrestle an alligator right after. But he um, he started off strong with his folksy humor and stuff like that, but then like didn't know how Facebook worked, which was fascinating and didn't have any good questions. All right, let's start with good questions. Let's be positivity towards our, our, our elected officials. Casey, what was a good question with a, with a decent answer? Because I didn't think he had any decent answers that day. Well, uh, you know, a couple of, of senators asked uh, serious questions about the business model and whether Facebook would ever consider some sort of paid version. Um, I'm mm-hmm. not someone who thinks that a paid uh, version of Facebook solves all of its problems. But I do think that a world in which Facebook has more ways in which it makes money um, and maybe uh, vacuums up slightly less of of our data uh, might be a better world. So I was at least glad that the Senate uh, introduced that subject. Okay. Um, What about any other revelations, any other good questions? And then I'd like to know what good answers. We'll get to Mark in a second, but um, any other good questions you thought were brought up? There was another one about um, 
Facebook's monopoly power. Uh, Lindsey mm-hmm. Graham asked Zuckerberg right. to name his biggest competitor, and Zuckerberg couldn't. Um, and and I think that that probably came as as a surprise to the Senate. And we'll maybe make this one of the first times that Facebook is forced to confront uh, its size and its power. In fact, another senator, I'm pretty sure at one point asked whether Facebook was simply too powerful. It, it might have been Graham. Uh, and mm, Zuckerberg it said it doesn't. It certainly doesn't feel like that to me uh, on the question of whether Facebook has a monopoly. But, you know, it's notable that Graham is a Republican. And um, a lot of the questions about Facebook's power were coming from Republicans. So I guess that was another hopeful sign that that senators are grappling with that. All right. And Kurt, good questions. Anything that struck you? Yeah, I thought the Monopoly one was good. I also thought that there were a number of uh, politicians over the last two days that talked about this idea of changing the default kind of opt-in privacy settings. So Mm -hmm. most of, you know, how most of the internet works, quite frankly, is that companies and services collect data about you and you have to tell them to stop, right? You have to opt mm-hmm. out of that kind of thing. Uh, there were a bunch of politicians who said, hey, would you change this so that everyone has to opt in at the very beginning? And you probably do by clicking the I accept button when you create your account, but really no one reads that stuff, right? So, And, and Mark Zuckerberg didn't have a super great answer because he was kind of like, hey, this is a really complex thing. We can't just answer this in a one-word sentence. Like, We need to think about it. And the big reason I can think of is like that would be bad for Facebook, right? If mm-hmm. everyone had to explicitly say, yes, you can take my birthday. Yes, you can take my email. Yes, they would probably say no to a lot of that yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. And as a result, Facebook wouldn't have all the data that they have today. So right. I thought that was a compelling argument. And because I heard it so many times throughout the two days, it makes me think that that might be a realistic chance for right. Congress to come in and actually mm-hmm. regulate a little so, bit. So uh, what was the worst question? I'm going with Ted Cruz. The loathsome Ted Cruz. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, he brought up the diamonds bad. and what are they? Diamonds and pearls. The the conservative site um, that Facebook has messed with. Um, that was a big deal for him. But he to- he did it in such an unpleasant way. It made it. The other Senate, other congressman asked about it and seemed perfectly reasonable. But he wasn't. I have a candidate for the worst question. All right, go ahead. And that would go to Senator Gary Peters, Democrat of Michigan, who asked whether Facebook is using our phones' microphones to spy oh, on yeah. all of our conversations and target yes. ads. And of course, this is a very popular uh, urban legend. And I guarantee explain that just by it. Explain well, what people okay. think. Yeah. So the, the as the legend goes, uh, Facebook is monitoring your phone at all times. And so if you were to say something like, "Hmm, I love Doritos," then you the next time you opened up Instagram, you'd see a big ad for Doritos. And even by me just saying this now, I'm sure I will get tweets from people telling me that this exact thing happens to them. Everybody has an anecdote about this happening. And so it's now just become kind of part of the fabric of of the internet. It's also completely ridiculous. It's probably illegal in most states. Like there's no way Facebook could ever get away with this. And there's actually a really good explanation for how this happens, which is that none of us are the unique snowflakes that we think we are. And big consumer brands are advertising to, you know, targeted demographics all the time. So, like, the the truth is Facebook is just really good at targeting ads, but there's this whole Mm -hmm. conspiracy theory that has sprung up around it. Now, the reason that I think it's a bad question is just by entering it into the congressional record, um, it can now just be fodder for endless speculation. Exactly. It's like, this is the new Area 51, and there's just going to be speculation about it forever now. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good point. Uh, it's Google that's listening to us and Amazon, everybody. Let's get that clear. Um, so, uh, Kurt, what's your worst question? 
Uh, that Orrin Hatch one we already talked yeah. about where he asked, how do you expect to keep the business going if nobody pays you for your services? And Mark just stared at him and said, Senator, yeah, he couldn't we, we run it. ads. Yeah, and it was like, uh, advertising. Like, <laughs> oh, was like, yeah. well, that He's was He's retiring awkward, this so. year, right? Yeah, it's probably. I don't know. I hope so. Yeah. Was, yeah, that wasn't, that wasn't very smart. No, it wasn't smart. All right, uh, let's get uh, one of our, our, our listeners, uh, Yana, tweets, how will Facebook hearing affect young uh, voters' view and trust of Congress and the people representing us had thus far shown an inability to ask the right questions as well, being, as, well as being astoundingly technologically illiterate? I think that just speaks for itself. I think they they probably weren't watching, would be my guess. But yeah, that's um, what I was just going to say. I mean, I I'd be shocked if very many uh, you know millennial voters were watching the live stream of this. Although if they did, they might say, "Wow, our politicians are pretty old." There's new studies coming out saying they don't trust Facebook. So each of you, what was Mark Zuckerberg's best and worst? Why don't we do that quickly? Best and worst, Casey. Yeah, I mean, I I would sort of answer that question at a very high level. He was calm, he was friendly, and he endured. You know, five hours is a really long time to to be taking questions, mm-hmm. even if they are relatively friendly. And he was able to successfully parry any of their uh, very gentle attacks, uh, never mm-hmm. got flustered, never raised his voice, never seemed out of control. And by the time he was done testifying, I think Facebook had gained something like $20 billion in market yeah. cap. So it was just a very yeah. steady, assured performance for him. Yeah, yeah. Anything you didn't like besides repeating broad we take broad responsibility. I wish he had openly mocked the idea that Facebook is listening to people through their phones. Like he was yeah. almost too deadpan. I think in fact he yeah. just said no, we don't do that like in no. the same way you'd be like, "Hey, like do you have any more ice cream?" He's like, "No." You know, it's like that <laughs> that kind of question deserves uh, a more emotional yeah, he's not, he response. He wasn't going to do that. He but, didn't yeah, have I mean, a lot of emotion. Well, he think didn't. about it. Like Carol, like if I yeah. accused you on of spying on me, which well, first of all, you probably are, but if I accuse you you have spied on me, yeah, and you weren't. Um, like you would just be like, you know, screw you. No, I'm not spying on you. Yeah, like rather than just yeah. be like, no, I'm not. Next question. Mark tries not to offend anybody. Kurt, what did you think of his performance? I thought I enjoyed the uh, the admission that he said no one actually reads the terms of service. <laughs> uh, and I thought that was cool because I think we all know that, but I didn't really expect him to honestly say, I think his direct quote was something like, I don't think the average person likely reads the whole document. But mm-hmm. at the same time, you know, that translates to like, people don't read our terms of service. Right. And I just think that's true, right? Who, who right. reads the Facebook terms of service besides us, the journalists who who have to? And so I, I just I just liked that. And and um, you know, I think his response to the monopoly thing, where mm-hmm. he's like, it doesn't feel like that to me. It's like you know, such a uh, yeah. It, it seems very clear to me that there's no one really competing with Facebook in the social space. But I kind of loved his his reply. One thing that didn't seem to come up, and then we're going to go to the ads in a second, is, is our own ads, uh, which we're targeting towards you, um, is uh, Cambridge Analytica or the Russia stuff really didn't, it wasn't a lot of it. They didn't, they seem more interested in terms of service than they did in, in uh, and privacy, you know, using your birthday and stuff like that than they did about the Russia uh, using the platform to abuse our democracy. What do you think, Casey? 
Well, I think, you know, we, we've learned in the past week that Facebook has between 500 and 700 people working on communications and policy, and they have been busy over the past three <laughs> weeks. And, and one of the things that they have done is to roll out some reforms that get at the, the Russia issue in a pretty real way, right? So they're going to um, make all ads viewable online for, for all of us to, to see. Uh, they're going to introduce some new verification standards. And by sort of rolling these out, in a drip, drip, drip way over the past few weeks. Facebook has been able to suck a lot of the air out of the Russia story because they've said, look, like we've introduced these reforms. We, we're beefing up our AI tools, so we're catching more of these bad actors before they act. They, they've been able to present the case that they're taking it seriously and that, and also that they have done better in more recent elections than they did in 2016. So I think that is one fire that they have managed to put out for now, although, of course, we're watching it very closely as we move into the midterms. Right, okay, and uh, what do you think, Kurt? Well, I do think they talked about Cambridge Analytica a ton. I agree that Russia wasn't discussed as much, but you have to remember they also did an entire hearing about Russia, uh, two days of hearings actually back in the fall, right? It wasn't Mark Zuckerberg, but it was their general counsel, Colin Stretch, who was there answering hours of questions. So I think we've heard so much about Russia already that this was a chance to dive in more on, you know, the data and privacy stuff more broadly. But um, Cambridge Analytica was was certainly mentioned a lot over the two days. The Russia stuff, not so much. Yeah, yeah, it was interesting that they didn't do that at all. And in terms of, um, so score for who on the first day? Not the American people, for sure. <laughs> I give a, I say score for, for Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook on the first day. I thought he did pretty well. Yeah, I would have to, I'd have to agree with that. I mean, they're, you know, the the main thing I think you want to do in that situation is just sort of not fan the flames or, or introduce any new crises. And uh, you know, Zuckerberg didn't, um, although uh, he'll probably keep a, a tighter grip on his notes next next time around, so that the uh, Associated Press can't snap a photo and uh, launch around yeah, the press that. around tell, that. Tell, yeah, explain that. Explain <laughs> that. I think. Do you think he did it on purpose? No, I don't. I mean, you know, so he had a binder full of talking points and uh, left it open at some point or it was being passed around mm -hmm. and an enterprising AP photographer happened to grab a shot of it. And uh, what was so great about it was that it let us know the questions that he was prepared to answer that no one thought to ask him, <laughs> such as about mm -hmm. um, what Apple had to say about Facebook, for example, or uh, what Facebook was doing uh, to improve diversity in its workforce. So it, it wound up right. being a very valuable photo. Yeah. And did you did you think, Kurt, that they did it on purpose? No, I don't think Mark I well, I don't think Mark would have done it on purpose. Maybe there's some, you know, mastermind behind the scenes uh, that that told yeah, I was I wasn't gonna drop a name. Maybe Elliot told him to do it. I, I don't get the vibe that Mark would uh would be thinking about leaving that there on purpose, but you know, I, who knows? He did his whole thing, which originally I thought seemed sincere. Where he did a, a conference call with reporters last week, and they tried to end questions, and he was like, "No, no, I want to take more questions." And I was like, "Oh, that's cool. Look at him. He's really, you know, wants to wants to keep going, wants to keep taking right. the tough questions." And yeah. then he did the exact same thing yesterday in the Senate, and I was like, "Oh, maybe this whole thing was just like an act." Uh, yeah. Which you know, yeah. I guess I shouldn't be surprised at this point, right? But yep, I guess not. I don't know. I think maybe they were. Did it on, I don't think you do things like that. Not he has so many attendants around him. I don't know. I don't know. It was interesting there that there was stuff on there that he didn't talk about, including Apple. He had a really point of pointed attack on Apple, largely due to our interview, my interview with Tim Cook, I think. Um, they continue to be thin-skinned about that one, which was interesting. 
Anyway, um, is there anything that wasn't covered, did you think? There was a lot on his sheet, but not a lot on theirs. They stuck to the same areas. Well, again, they had to spend five hours just figuring out how <laughs> Facebook works. I mean, it was really yeah. kind of like, how do you log into this <laughs> website? Hey, like, where do you find it? You know, how do you get you it? <laughs> yeah. It's the thing my grandchildren told me about. <laughs> right. um, anyway, when we get back, we're going to take a quick break from our sponsors. We'll keep talking about this week's most popular movie, Mr. Zuckerberg Goes to Washington. Uh, after this break, Kurt, can you give me your best reading of the line, hashtag? Money. Hashtag money. Today's show is brought to you by Magic. No, really, that's the name of the company sponsoring this. We all have tasks that need to get done, but we wish we could just pass them off to someone else, like Casey Newton. That's where Magic comes in. These are 24-7 trained personal assistants at your beck and call. Just send Magic a text message with your request and a real person gets to work. Magic's personal assistants can help you with virtually anything. They can research and book travel arrangements, deal with the cable company, hire a plumber, plan an event, schedule doctor's appointments, and so much more. With Magic, there's no monthly fees and no commitments. You pay only for what you use. There's a low cost per minute. Use Magic as often as you need it. Kurt, what do you want a personal assistant to do? Report out my stories, write my stories. All right, that's enough. Anyway, Magic wants to help our listeners get more done, so they have a special offer. If you're a Too Embarrassed to Ask listener, your first request is free. To get this offer, go to getmagic.com slash T-E-T-A. Start crossing things off your to-do list today. Try Magic for free. Go to getmagic.com slash TETA. That's getmagic.com slash T-E-T-A. Today's show is brought to you by IBM. By 2050, the world population will reach nearly 10 billion and food production will need to grow by 70%. What if artificial intelligence could help? Farmers are already using AI to help increase crop yields. Watson and the IBM Cloud provide access to weather data and analyze satellite imagery to help them monitor soil moisture levels and reduce water waste. So as the population grows, more food can be put on tables. Let's put smart to work. Find out how at ibm.com slash smart. We're back with Recode's Kurt Wagner and The Verge's Casey Newton. They both covered the Facebook Marathon Zuckathon uh, in Washington uh, this week. Um, We have a few more questions about... uh, We have just one more about day one, and then we'll get into day two. Um, One of our readers, Denise Klein, wrote in something about something Senator Lindsey Graham said is Facebook and Molly, which we just talked about. Neither of you think there's a... I'm not going to read the whole thing because we talked about it, but do you think that there's any chance that it would be broken up, Casey? Um, Not under this administration, but I do think that if Instagram and WhatsApp continue to grow and grow and grow and no true competition emerges, then they will be under increasing pressure to spin one of those off. Yeah, and they just stole another uh, Snapchat thing this week, right? Instagram did something else. Something else. They just did another copy of something, on, which is interesting. See, if they keep doing that, that would be interesting. Um, and then, Kurt, right. Kurt, you wrote on Rico that Zuckerberg came off as a smart and respectful, and I don't think anyone uh, would watch this and be more angry with Facebook than when the hearing started. Well, one of our readers took you up on that challenge. Deborah Kloppenstein emailed nice. in to object, and she wrote, I'm more angry than ever about all this. Not okay. Love your show, but shame on Rico for leading with Zuckerberg. He sounded smart. No, he did not. Let's talk about the big picture. Would you say that? Uh, the first day was a win for Facebook. Yes, I'm sorry, Deborah. He did sound smart, and he did win the first day. What do you guys think? Yeah, I'm with you. Well, you you just read what I wrote, so I'm clearly yeah. I'm clearly with you. I thought yeah. um, 
I, I thought he came in and, and kind of said all the right things. And he, he dodged a few questions for sure that I think if it had been uh, some tech-savvy reporter up there, he, he probably would have gotten pushed on. But he did what you know they asked him to do, and I think he looked fine doing it. All right. And uh, let's get into the second day now. Uh, so Casey, day two, different, right? A little, little testier. It started off testy. It was a little testier, uh, but you know, even more important than that was the fact that the members of the uh, House Energy and Commerce Committee seemed to understand the platform. And I think mm-hmm. their staffers had briefed them very well for the most part on how Facebook worked and what some of the more relevant questions were. So yes, it, it did get quite heated. Um, and, and to be frank, there was also more grandstanding, uh, mostly by the Republican lawmakers about ridiculous non-issues. Mm-hmm. But, you know, overall, I would say it felt like a more productive day. Right. And and some of the highlights, do you think? What were the some of the highlights? Well, you know, for me, uh, one that, that has some real practical impact is that Facebook said uh, in, its, uh, in the clearest way yet that, yes, it would bring European privacy protections to people around the world. Uh, we'd kind of been getting some mixed messages on this. Um, and today, Zuckerberg said that, yes, um, it would offer uh, privacy controls that are um, based on what is known as the General Data Privacy Regulation, or GDPR, which goes into effect in, in Europe in May. Um, And so, you know, one of the great things about the GDPR is that it enables individual citizens to understand all of the data uh, that that a company like Facebook has about them and and gives them uh, some some more sort of legal rights over what they can do with it. So um, that I would say is a definite highlight. Um, mm-hmm. You know, another thing to think about is that multiple uh, lawmakers uh, told Zuckerberg straight up that they think Facebook has violated its 2011 yeah. consent decree mm-hmm. with the Federal Trade Commission. Uh, and if that is true, and that's currently under investigation, uh, you know, that could cost Facebook, um, you know, a, a billion dollars maybe. So that was kind of a big deal. Yeah, that was the FTC thing I thought was very important. Um, Kurt, what do you think? It definitely started off much uh, more aggressive than yesterday. I think towards the end, it ended up being, uh, I think the wind kind of went out of everybody's sails because Mm -hmm. people were tired after four hours of five hours of conversation. But it did, I agree, it started off a lot more aggressive. There were a lot of people cutting him off mid-sentence. They were asking very pointed yes or no questions. And when he would try to explain, they would cut him off and say, you know, we want a yes or no answer. So I thought overall it it was a better day. Um, I agree with Casey on the GDPR stuff. I thought he was he was much clearer about that than he had been, and and that was good. Um, and I, I mean, overall, again, I, I think he did fine. There was there were a few stumbles or a few he things. He did get that, like, bothered. I'm, he got bothered. Yeah, today. now. I'm intrigued a little mm-hmm. bit more uh, about some of the stuff he said, like, hey, where's the follow-up on this, um, which I didn't really feel like yesterday. So I'd say that overall. I, I won't say it's like a win necessarily for Congress because it didn't feel like a loss in any way for Facebook, but it definitely felt more uh, more even than it was yesterday. Yeah, I think so. I, I thought uh, Debbie Dingle was particularly good. Uh, she came mm-hmm. off initially folksy and then went in for the shark attack, which I thought was interesting. <laughs> and her, she had a range of things, and, and so did another congressman talking about whether we can trust Facebook. Um, Casey, what did you think? 
Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, there was a really good set of questions in there about how Facebook tracks people around the web and why they do it, both people who have Facebook accounts and people who don't have Facebook accounts. One of the big surprises of today was someone asked Zuckerberg about uh, what are known as shadow profiles, which are accounts for people who have either not created Facebook accounts yet or gotten rid of them. And Zuckerberg said he was unfamiliar with that term, which I think surprised a lot of us since it's a fairly common term to refer to the data collection that Facebook does for these people who don't have profiles. Um, But, you know, what what, the thing that was so good about this testimony was that it spoke to the vast nature of of Facebook's uh, operation around the web and everything it does to figure out what you're doing, what you're seeing and then turn those into um, categories that advertisers can, can target you for. And um, and frankly, I, I thought Zuckerberg was very evasive on some of those questions. And also the data dealers that they add, they, they supplement profiles with uh, to try to get even more. I thought that we ended our relationship with them. Um, I thought he seemed more sneaky. I thought he seemed a whole lot more sneaky and a whole lot more malevolent today. Like that he's in charge of a big, I don't think he looked as sweet. I think he definitely looked as sweet. Maybe it was the blue suit. Right. Well, also they they brought up face mash. Like this was sort of one of the other <laughs> yeah. big surprises of the day was you know in 2003 Zuckerberg creates this website where you know you take t- pictures of two college girls and compare them to see you know which one is more attractive. Um, and and one of the lawmakers brought that up and Zuckerberg dismissed it as a college prank. And you know I'm not straight, but um, the most of the straight guys I know don't uh, compare the beauty of women as a prank. So um, anyway, it just made for a kind of uh, surprising addition to the day's uh, questions. Yeah, it was the social network, Zuckerberg, not the boy boy yeah. genius bil- uh, billionaire yeah, Zuckerberg. Yeah, exactly. I thought it was, and I thought he was very evasive on a bunch of things. I think you're right. Kurt, what did you did you feel like that was an issue? Yeah, I think. well, I think he got a little defensive, right? Mm-hmm. And and he did a pretty good job of not, like, snapping back. And he, he wasn't disrespectful or anything like that. But one of the big moments that stood out for me was... Um, Congresswoman Jan Schakowsky. Yeah, I'm she was great. Pronouncing that, but yeah. she was good, and she and she actually brought up a line of questioning that I I didn't really hadn't heard before, and she was like, you know, did the this Alexander Kogan guy, uh, this professor who collected all the data and sold it to Cambridge Analytica, did he sell it to other firms? And Zuckerberg basically said, yes. And she said, well, how many? And he goes, it's not a large number. She goes, what's the large number? And he goes, a handful. Like he refused to either A, say how many other firms were were sold this data and B, refused to acknowledge or name them. And I thought that that was really weird, right? Like he's here to open up the kimono and tell the truth and all that stuff, why not simply be straight about all of that right now today while he's on the spot? So yeah, he that didn't really give a lot stood of out details. to me. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, that's that stood a, out to me as a moment. That's a good, and the person that's kept, aren't you CEO? Aren't you CEO? I like that. That was my, who was that? It was another, I don't think it was her. It was a congressman when before him. It was interesting. A lot of the women were much tougher on him. They weren't having any of the, like the awe, shock and awe, it's Mark Zuckerberg thing, uh, which I thought was interesting. Many, there were many more women asking questions actually. Um, and they were much tougher, I think, than a lot of the guys. There was, of course, there was still the suck ups. There was two, one or two suck ups and several conspiracy theories um, going. And and then there was, of course, uh, the conservative uh, thing. What did you think about that? Is that they are mean to conservatives, essentially, or they're biased against conservatives? 
Well, you know, it's such an absurd argument. You know, in various months, the number one publisher on all of Facebook is Fox News, right? It's consistently like number one or two or three, getting tens of millions of engagements. Um, And as we saw during the election, it was these conservative viral hoaxes that tended to spread farther and faster than liberal ones. So the idea that Facebook's algorithms have put conservative, you know, flavored news at a, a disadvantage is completely completely absurd and there's no data to support it. Um, And we had to listen to, I think, about 10 uh, congressmen today. And it was, all you know, 10 congressmen say, hey, you know, you need to support the freedom of speech on your platform. Yeah, that was interesting. And they were supporting a particular site, Diamond. I'm blanking. Why am I blanking on the name? Diamonds and... Uh, It's Diamond and Silk, uh, who are these these pro-Trump vloggers. And this case, people need to do more reporting on this story because it doesn't Mm -hmm. make any sense. So you've got the, they've got like 1.4 million... uh, 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 followers and their mm-hmm. gimmick is that they support President Trump um, and and they are black women, mm-hmm. uh, you know, which which makes them somewhat unusual. So they've got a lot of attention from the conservative blogosphere. And at some point um, this year, Facebook started um, uh, prevented them from notifying their followers about new posts and mm-hmm. m- might have reduced the reach of their posts. And it's not clear how much of that was directed at them personally and how much is related to algorithm changes to changes. the newsfeed algorithm. And so I, I've read the stories about it, and I have no idea what's going on. But you need um, to get to the bottom they, of this. You need to go visit yeah. Diamond and Silk. <laughs> I need you there. I want to find out. One of you get there quickly. I like the name. It's a, it's a fantastic name. It's not very conservative yeah. sounding. In any case, we're going to toss to another ad break right now for a word from our sponsors. In a minute, we'll finish talking about uh, the rest of Mark Zuckerberg's testimony and some uh, questions from uh, listeners. And uh, first, Casey, give me your better reading of hashtag money, please. Hashtag money. Oh, Casey, Casey, Casey. Anyway, today... How is it supposed to sound? It's got it. Listen to Kurt. Kurt, do hashtag money. Hashtag money. It makes you want to buy, Casey. Do you understand? We got to teach you. Come on, Casey. Get it together. Get it together. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Today's show is brought to you by Freshly. Meal kits are so last year. Freshly is the new way to get dinner on the table in no time. Their chefs send you delicious, freshly prepared meals so you can eat better without any of the work. No cooking or cleanup required. Their meals are delivered to your door fresh and ready when you are. Just heat them up and you're hungry. In fact, my two sons uh, ate everything freshly sent without me trying it. So I hopefully will get some more and uh, and see if it's any good. They seem to like it, but they'll eat, I'm sorry to say, freshly anything. Uh, freshly chefs and nutritionists make sure that every meal is all natural, nutritious, and made with high-quality ingredients. So now you can come home late and have a delicious chef-cooked meal waiting for you. Just choose from the rotating menu of 30 options. Try freshly and you'll see what it's like to put zero effort into making dinner which is now a plus these days go to freshly.com slash decode and get $25 off your first order of six meals that's $25 plus free shipping at freshly.com slash decode Today's show is also brought to you by Intercom. We spend a ton of time and money getting people to our websites, but how do we know they'll become customers? Intercom can help. It's a live chat platform that converts visitors and drives revenue for your business. See how Intercom can grow your company at intercom.com slash growth. 
And we're back with Kurt Wagner and Casey Newton in our last section. Casey works for The Verge and Kurt works for Recode. And they were both covering the Facebook uh, hearings on Capitol Hill, both in the House and the Senate. Now, Kurt, you wrote that one of the themes that emerged from his testimony this week is that Facebook doesn't have much competition, which we talked about previously. Who do you think its competition is? And do you imagine regulation headed its way? Uh, I do think regulation is coming. I think Facebook knows it's coming too, yeah. which is why they're being so open and saying, we think regulation could be good as yeah. long as it's the right regulation. Yeah. Um, I'm not fully convinced that from what we've heard over the last two days that there's a lot of consensus among Democrats and Republicans on what that regulation will actually look like, right? right. But mm-hmm. I do think something's going to happen. In terms of who their biggest competitor is, I know Google is not a social network, but they're mm. really the only other digital place where people spend money online. So you right. can't really have a conversation without talking about Google because mm-hmm. as a business, it's really Facebook's only competition right now besides you know traditional TV networks, yep. for yep. example. I don't think Twitter is a competitor. Um, I think Snapchat is a competitor on a very specific age group and mm-hmm. demographic for Facebook, but not overall. So... You know, that's kind of yeah. part of the problem, right? There's like, a you lot can't of easily pick one specific competitor. There's, right. there's kind of a lot of smaller ones. Do you have any, Casey, to add to that? I mean, I would toss in Amazon and Apple, mm-hmm. too. You know, Amazon is ramping up uh, the advertising on the platform. Um, and both Apple and Amazon make hardware, and Facebook is moving into hardware, uh, although mm-hmm. they've had to delay most of it because and they've had a bad history. A Facebook listening mm-hmm. device in their house right now. Not me. Um, but, yeah, but um, but yeah. So you know, I think Kurt is right. There's no one-to-one replacement for Facebook. There are lots of companies that compete with it in various ways. And then, what your prediction on the paid ad-free version? Is there going to be one? Um, I don't think we'll see it this year. And uh, my guess would be Facebook wants to see how this current. Uh, Fear plays out over the next six months or so. If this is something that like members of Congress are still talking about in six months, then then they might fast track it. But if they don't, I think they'll try to get away with this simple ad model for as long as they can. So, Kurt, um, what about the idea that Facebook could still offer an ad supported product, but without targeting ads towards some or all of its users? Does that seem a non-starter too? It seems like a bad idea, uh, or certainly to Facebook, it's a terrible idea, right? Because mm-hmm. they're saying, hey, uh, all the ads are going to be irrelevant. You're just going to get a bunch of random ads, probably like you do on TV, where half the stuff doesn't relate to your life in any way. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing is they're going to have to charge a lot of money because people are going to be spamming you know, a wider audience uh, because they don't know who that they're reaching. And so instead of just you know going after a very small, select, specific group, they're going to do the the blast it to everybody model. So ads will be A, more expensive, and B, they won't be as relevant to people. That doesn't sound super great uh, for Facebook, but it honestly doesn't sound super great as a Facebook user either. Mm-hmm. And we've heard on a couple of occasions that Facebook sometimes learns about privacy violations for the first time in the press. Uh, should we yes. be concerned by that? We are important. No, no, I think they're just stupid. That would be my thing. What do you think? What do you think, Kurt and Casey? I'll say just real quick that um, I think that there's some validity to that in the sense that uh, there are, you know, people who abuse stuff are not necessarily going to go tell the company, but 
that trickles to journalists from time to time. At the same time, it seems very clear Facebook had its head in the sand during this whole process. So I'm not going to try and defend them. Yeah, bad management. What do you What do you think? I think there's been a lot of showing of not so perfect management here of this giant platform, Casey. What do you think about them not knowing a lot of these things? Yeah, I think um, there have been a number of cases where journalists have brought things to Facebook's attention that it seems like Facebook should have detected on its own. And, you know, I will say that they have tens of thousands of moderators who are moderating stuff every day and they're not putting out press releases every time they they take something down. So it's sort of, you know, the things that we hear about are the things that journalists discover. So mm-hmm. I, I want to kind of acknowledge yeah, that, that nice difference. But but you know at the same time uh like propublica alone you know uncovered abuse after abuse after abuse right. of their advertising platform and mm-hmm. like just by reading the first two propublica stories like you probably could have guessed what the next six were going to be and and no one at facebook did yeah they're very slow on the uptake i think i find i think one of the things that's throughout this whole thing is that they're not quite the perfect managers they put themselves out to be you know what I mean? Like yeah. they have this sort of strolling reputation in Silicon Valley, and I think it's probably not as good as they're not. They're not paying attention as they should. All right, Elena Share asks, not too embarrassed to ask, but where's the talk about compensation? Number one, compensation to those who had their data stolen. Number two, substantial financial penalties to Facebook. Three, effective regulations laws to put in place to prevent further data thefts across any current emerging platforms. And four, clear language options for users. Lana is very upset. Well, you know, I'm glad that she asked because something we have not talked about today is I'm a victim of the Cambridge Analytica Oh, breach. you are? I'm not. Why? Tell us. Tell yeah. me. Yeah. One of my idiot friends apparently took this survey and shared my data, uh, including my likes and my posts and maybe even my Facebook messages. Mm-hmm. Kurt, were you affected? I was not. I never used Facebook. I was so. also part of the breach. Yeah. Yeah, wow. yeah. And honestly, I think, Casey, you and I should look at what, what friends we have in common. Wow. Because... It seems a little coincidental. We we're I'd both say part of it. so. It seems like a Lauren Good kind of situation. I think it's Lauren maybe, Good. I think it's Lauren. Maybe it's totally she's Lauren. the threat. Do you think Facebook should pay in something to their users? Yeah, I think they should pay, or like I think Mark should do something cute, like agree to record your outgoing voicemail message, or you know, just <laughs> something to let people know that they care. <laughs> they don't care, Casey. All right, oh, Robert man. C has a more general question: How long does Facebook store their information? I suggest there should be a timeline. Time frame that was asked quite a bit. Like, how long do they store it? I love that idea. Like the idea that Facebook just keeps everything it it has on everybody forever, I think is bad. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, there's an idea out there that that data is kind of like toxic waste uh, because Uh. it it just kind of uh, degrades over time and becomes more and more damaging, which is why Mark Zuckerberg secretly deleted all of his Facebook messages. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, uh, Facebook absolutely should be deleting our data on a regular basis. As and with 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 input by us, I think. Yeah, 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 sure. All right. Yeah, yeah, sure. Just do it. Uh, Tyson Jackson tweets, uh, Kurt Wanchez is it, how is this uh, Cambridge Analytica Facebook info leak bigger deal than Equifax leak? Uh, Equifax affected more Americans. It was much more sensitive data. I think I snarked him back. I'm like, who said that it was? But I don't think, I don't think they were, it was bigger or smaller. Or maybe you guys have an opinion, Kurt? I, th- I think people understand what Facebook is and they know what Facebook is and they probably don't know much about Equifax and Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook are a very, very easy target. Uh, They're someone that comes across as, you know, a friendly service where you use it to connect with your friends and share your birthday and stay in touch with your college roommate or whatever. And so it feels like more of a betrayal. I feel like the Equifax stuff is just like, 
it feels so wonky to begin with that no one really pays attention. Essentially, you're you're screwed no matter what, correct, Casey? Yeah, well, but also, you know, Equifax doesn't pretend like it's doing any good for humanity. Yeah, oh, I know, right? yeah. Like, Equifax is, uh, Equifax is just um, collecting a bunch of our data without our permission and profiting from it, whereas, yeah. you know, Facebook talks endlessly about connecting the world yeah. and building the social d- infrastructure for the future Community. of human interaction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, of course, right, people right. are going to hold it to a higher standard. And I agree. They, they, they try to hold themselves to a higher standard, but they don't reach it very often. All right, Roxanne Darling wrote, I'd like a uh, definitive public information campaign on the falsity of we don't sell your data because we collect as much of it and sell access to it in every way, shape, and form. Our customers are willing to pay for it. So Mark did try, kept focused on this. He was like obsessive almost. We don't sell it. We don't sell it. And it was like, well, yeah, but you do. Like, what do you, what do you both think? Why don't we start with you, Casey? Yeah, I think it's, I mean, look, Facebook profits from our data, but they right. don't sell it. And, you know, <laughs> I'm a journalist and I actually do believe that you should be careful with your words and you should, you know, use words that are precise. And so, you know, that's a point that I'll grant Facebook. Okay, you, you don't actually sell our data to to advertisers. Actually, your, your business model is much better because you're essentially renting out, you know, not our data, but our attention. So, you know, yes, we should be precise with our language. Um, but the, the truth is that no, Facebook does not sell our data. Yeah, but it profits from it. It doesn't mean that what they're doing is necessarily better, but like, yeah. let's just pick our terms right. Right, exactly. Kurt, any thoughts? No, I agree. I agree 100%. I actually just wrote a story this morning that was like, tried to answer a lot of those types of questions mm-hmm. that I think people get wrong. You know, does yeah. Facebook sell your data? The answer is no, and it has been forever, right? And so mm-hmm. it's a common misconception. It's kind of annoying that it's it, we spent so much of the last two days yeah, actually answering that question over and over and over yeah. because it's one of those things, as Casey pointed out at the very beginning, you could have answered that yourself with a quick Google search right. uh, many years ago. So. Yeah, but he wanted to stress that over and over again. Here's what I would say. Facebook does not sell your data. They greedily hoard it and then take advantage of it. How's that? Is that better? <laughs> yeah, that's, I think Elliot that's actually better. much more accurate. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, good. Accurate. You know, they're an informa- greedy information hoarders. They are not salespeople. All right? You're welcome, Elliot Trigg. Perfect. You're welcome, Perfect. Elliot Trigg. I'm going to get a, like a testy note from him. I don't know if you know it. He thinks I'm emotional. Anyway, uh, Jeff uh, Borden, last question. What is the realistic outcome of the FCC finds Facebook violated the 2011 consent decree? I've seen articles talk about a fine in the trillions of dollars in theory, but it feels next level bonkers. Just wanted to sit, hear Kara Swisher say next level bonkers. There you go. So uh, Casey, for, uh, no, first uh, Kurt and then Casey. I was hoping you were going to make Casey go first. I, I don't know. I, mm-hmm. I don't know enough about... Um, you know, how the the FTC kind of goes about like analyzing and punishing people for this. I think you could make a valid argument that Facebook did not follow mm-hmm. the decree that it signed in 2011, uh, as we did hear from a, a handful of the politicians over the yeah. last couple of days. Um, I think that's fair. I think I think it'd be hard to for Facebook to argue that it followed that by the letter. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I don't know, uh, you know, if there is enough there for the FTC to come in and say, we're going to charge you X amount of dollars for all of these 87 million people. Yeah. Um, and this is just one This is one scenario, right, where we're probably eventually going to find out that there was a whole lot of other people that were taking data yep. that we didn't know about. So yep. it, it doesn't feel sustainable that Facebook's going to be, uh, you know, penalized financially into oblivion. At the same time, uh, you know, letter of the law, you could make that yeah. argument. I thought them not saying... Being non-transparent for so long was really appalling. Um, Casey, what do you what do you think about the FTC? 
Yeah, so, you know, I'm not an FTC expert either, but my understanding of the decree is that Facebook was going to be held responsible, uh, you know, not just uh, enforcing, you know, basic privacy standards, but actually trying to identify new threats and respond to them. And this does seem like uh, a place where... Well, yeah, it seems like this is a place where they fell down on the job. Mm-hmm. And so assuming that what I've just described is true, then yes, it does seem uh, like some sort of fine uh, would be appropriate. But, you know, like Kurt, I don't think it's going to uh, break the bank. Yeah, just so you know, Elliot Trigg is calling me right now. <laughs> oh my God, tell him. He we, knows I'm talking about to join. No, yeah, I'm not going to. bring gonna, him on. No, I think What does not. he want to ask? <laughs> I don't know. Oh my God. He's, no, he's listening. They're listening. Facebook's listening on our phones. <laughs> we said Elliot Trigg and he calls. Oh my God. Elliot, I'm sorry you're on this part. You just called. Um, I'm going to get lectured by him. I'm not really looking forward to that. Um, okay, last thing. What was the most annoying phrase of the entire thing? To me, it was, my team will get back to you. Yeah. Yeah, you stole mine. That was yeah. a good one. He said that, what, two dozen times? Two yeah. dozen Three dozen times. times? I don't know. Yeah. A lot. For yeah. me, it was uh, we're taking a broader view of our responsibility, mm-hmm. um, which is a fine thing to say. But yeah, after the hundredth time, it was wearing a little thin. Yeah, yeah. And do you think that um, one of the things one of the congressmen also the I'm sorry because one of the congressmen listed all his I'm sorries and read them, and that was fantastic. Um, what do you think the next I'm sorry from Mark Zuckerberg is? That's what we'll finish on. Uh, probably like, I'm sorry that our home speaker was like secretly recording <laughs> hours worth of your conversations. What about you, Kurt? Oh man, that's, that's, a, that's a really good one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to go with something about uh, WhatsApp and advertising because they promised, you know, WhatsApp mm-hmm. was like, oh, we're never going to do ads. It's never going to happen. Uh, my guess is it's going to happen. So it might not be an I'm sorry from Mark. It'll be an I'm sorry from Jan Coom, mm-hmm. uh, but it'll still be a, and we, I'm sorry. we didn't treat WhatsApp the way that we promised you we were going to. Yeah. Just a hunch. Yeah. And anybody's job at risk at all that, that was raised, I think it was insane to raise it, but anybody's job at risk? Well, look, if not one person gets fired out of this whole thing, doesn't that seem weird? Like, I I actually, I think no, it's like it kind seems of gross like the way. banking crisis, but go ahead. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I like, I, I think that it's like, it's not a great look for journalists to, to call for people's heads all the time. Um, but really? at the same time, well, uh, th- it does seem like there I'm should be it. some sort of like holding of accountability yes, yes. here. He, he, yeah. he was asked that and he did not want to fire anybody, it looked like. Right, well, and the implication to, of that is no one deserves to be fired over this. And, right. and that's where I think I take issue. Yep, I would say so too. And I think the board also has something should be looked upon for not, uh, not, not monitoring. Not monitoring is my, is my big issue. Anyway, thank you so much, both of you. Uh, my team will get back to you on uh, when this <laughs> appears. Um, that would be Eric, essentially. And we will see what happens going forward. I feel that nothing's going to happen. Uh, I assume you guys do too. Nothing big is going to happen. But you think this is over for now. I, I'll take a different view. I think something's going to happen. Like, I don't know what it is, but like if there's one thing we've seen over the past six months, it's that things keep happening. So yes, I think things are going to keep happening. Yeah. All right. All right. On that note, thank you so much. And Kurt, thank you for being in D.C. and covering, doing such a good job for us. Go out and get that drink. Of course. And Casey, I will see you soon. All right. See you soon. Thank you so much, both of you. Thanks, guys. Later. Yeah. Bye. This has been another great episode of Too Embarrassed to Ask. Thanks again to Kurt Wagner and Casey Newton for joining me. We want to hear what you thought about this show, so please tweet about it with the hashtag Too Embarrassed and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, or you can email us at tooembarrassed at recode.net. 
If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, or wherever you listen to podcasts, or you can listen to every episode at recode.net slash podcasts. Now that you're done with this, you should check out one of our other shows, Recode Decode, Recode Replay, and Recode Media with Peter Kafka. If you have any questions about any tech topic or the latest tech news, tweet them to at Recode with the hashtag Too Embarrassed or email them to Too Embarrassed at Recode.net. Thanks for listening. Thanks to our sponsors and to Cadence 13 and Vox Media, which sells those ads so you can listen to this show for free. Although maybe we should have a paid version, Eric. What do you think? Thanks to our editor, Joel Robbie, and our producer, Eric Johnson. We'll be back next week to answer more of the questions because we have a broad responsibility to do so that you've been too embarrassed to ask. So tune in then. 